And welcome back, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. I am Nate Johnstone, and with me is... Paul Anderson. Good job, Paul Anderson bot that I programmed to fill in there. Yeah. Yeah. And welcome back. We're, we're in the middle of a series on relational Christianity. And the fact that Jesus really emphasized human interpersonal relationship in his own ministry and in how he wanted that ministry carried forward in the church. Apostle Paul, Peter, John, they all emphasize this very strongly, actually, in the New Testament. And Paul and I have been discussing the fact that we see it less that in our day, in our life, in our church than we do in the scriptures. And whenever something like that happens, we're like, ooh, we should get better at this. Um, I do want to say one thing before we jump back in, and that is that uh, today is my 21st wedding anniversary. Congratulations, Nate and Sarah Johnstone. Yes, it's Sarah's 21st anniversary as well. So congrats to both of us. Uh, Thank you to Sarah. I can't believe you have put up with me for 21 years. Um, She has now been married to me longer than she has not been married to me in her life, which is a milestone, right? And 21, so, you know, our marriage is old enough to drink now, which... If you've been married 21 years, you may need to. Uh, That was a joke, people. These are the jokes. (laughs) Um, So, but I I, I am serious. Thank you to Sarah. And um, thank you to my family, her family, and our friends. Marriage is not just between two people. Marriage is a covenant between two people and God that happens in a community. It's like a baptism. At a baptism, you ask everybody in the congregation, will you help this child? And they all say yes. And at, whenever I've done weddings, I ask everybody, will you help these, this couple? And everybody should say yes. And that's, that is our experience. And with help from our families and our friends and our churches, um, our marriage keeps getting better. You know, you have a good Believe marriage, Nate. I, I've seen it up close. I've seen it in your home and in my home. I've seen the way you together love each other and love your kids. I'd say that you got a great marriage. I, I feel very blessed. Um, it is a lot of work. That's good that you say that. <laughs> it yeah. is a lot of work to, to have an improving marriage. Um, but man, is it worth it. I mean, I'm bringing this up not just because today happens to be my anniversary and I want to acknowledge that, but because it, it sort of fits with what we're talking about, actually. We're talking about relational Christianity and the importance of relationships over goals, products, yes. things that, to get done. There are very few examples in life where this is more important than in a marriage. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to be like, can you just do this? Can you just get this done, please, to your spouse? And maybe run roughshod over their feelings on what's going on or something else that they need you to address that you just don't want to take the time to do right now or are sort of willingly ignorant of or whatever the case may be. And so when it comes to the means being more important than the ends, I have found that that has to happen in marriage for things to improve. And that when I have, which has been many times, when I have allowed my desire, my goal, my end, my plan, my list, I have a list every day full of stuff that I can't wait to cross off, okay? When I let that get in the way of the relationship with my wife, 
it is bad for me and for her and for our kids and for our life and for the church and for Christianity and possibly <laughs> earth. Um, it's, it, I think it's the more efficient thing to do or the right thing to do because I keep doing it. So clearly I haven't fully learned this yet, but I have gotten better. And because what I would see is I would see that there are certain times where I tend to do this more than other times. And so when God shows you something like that, you're like, okay, so you improve it in that area and that's great. But then you still do it over here or you do it there. Um, so it, marriage is always a work in progress. It's always under construction and you have to wear your hard hat when you're in a marriage. If you don't wear your hard hat in a marriage, uh, you'll let yourself get, you'll allow yourself to become too offended, too upset or too bitter, and that's not good for anybody. Um, but I think this relational Christianity paradigm parallels the family. And you were saying this the other week, I think, Paul. Either, I that, or, either that or I've just heard you say it so many times, I know this is something that you think. The, the church with a capital C, not the church you go to, although that too, but mostly the church with a capital C is, is modeled after the family. Jesus is the dad right? Christ is the head of the church. And, and like, that's the model. And, and therefore, if we're supposed to do it in church, we're definitely supposed to do it at home. Mm -hmm. And I... Thank you for saying that, because as you say it, I, I get convicted where my desire to be efficient or my desire to get the job done or to cross something off my list can lead me to sacrifice a moment. I, I get things done fast. I'm a mover. I can, I can move quickly and my kids all know it. Sometimes I say it to my shame though, because yeah. that can cause me to move past somebody, to miss their need, whether it's Karen's or one of the kids, because I'm getting something done. Do you hear what I'm saying? Getting something done, yes. that's the goal. I'm oh, going I, after the goal and being goal oriented is not bad unless you lose sight of the means and, and just go for the goal. So I'm good. convicted and ooh. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of things even now that I'm convicted of too. I mean like running a race is good, but if you run over people while trying to get to the finish line, that's not. And I, I, I'm goal oriented as well. And I tend to sometimes get very, very focused, especially mm -hmm. when I have a lot to do or I'm under stress. I, I, I dial in and I get focused. And when I'm in that zone, I miss everything <laughs> that is happening around me. Yeah. And there are times where Sarah will be like, what happened to Kaylee? And I'll be like, what? What are you talking about? She hasn't said a word in about an hour. That's not normal. Mm. That is absolutely not normal. I have no idea. Well, what happened? I don't know. I can't think of a single memory of Kaylee in the last three hours. I've been focused on doing this or that. I, I'm sorry. I missed whatever it is. So then we have to talk to her and we have to figure it out. And I have to stop. I have to unfocus <laughs> and deal with what is actually important. And so I do this and I do it a lot. And, um, I'm trying to improve. Um, and I think, I think I have, I think I have improved. Um, sometimes these aren't like willful intentional things. You know what I mean? This sure. is just, 
this is this is my personality but but the holy spirit we we submit our personality to the holy spirit and he tempers it he 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 buffs off those sharp edges that tend to prick other people or, or, or smash them as we go about our lives. He sands those down. And, and that's, that's part of his job as we are renewed um, by the spirit of God and transformed, which means to be made into something else. Yes. And let me just put this in a context because what Nate and I are talking about here is individuals in a marriage or in a family where we sacrifice the means for an end. This can be done by a church. It can be done by a government. I started this when we, we began this four, four, three or four times ago by talking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and how the Third Reich had a vision for the country that people bought into because they saw the powerful vision, but it wasn't undergirded by proper values. So that's in a large sense. It will happen when the Antichrist is introduced by Satan to the world, and the world will go after him and praise him, because, and they'll sing songs to him because he's helping their situation. And they, they will sacrifice the means for the end. That can happen in family. It can happen in parenting. It can happen in our marriage. So I just wanted you to put this in context. What we're talking about has a big picture idea, and then you can reduce it, and you can put it in the family. Am I too concerned about my goals tonight that I'm not giving attention to my kids, that I'm not giving attention to my spouse? So it's, yep. easy, to, it's easy to do, and I think we should maybe have some time to talk to those who have been hurt by someone in a marriage or uh, by the church so that we can pray for them. I, I, I'd like to I agree. I think, I think that would be good. So, so some of you, let's talk about the different, you know, like Paul said, there are concentric circles to this. So in, in the middle, there's personal relationships between you and someone else. It's often with someone important, spouse, sibling, parent, where you maybe have feel have felt used, so to speak, or you felt like you were the one who was run over. We've looked at this mostly from the point of view of the perpetrator, <laughs> the one who's, at, who's doing this, whether intentionally or unintentionally, and the need to confess for that. We did that a couple of weeks ago, but now there are times when all of us have been the person who was run over as the car was trying to get to the finish line, or we felt used, or we felt unappreciated as we mm -hmm. were trying to do something for someone else or fulfill someone else's vision. And maybe that happened in a marriage. Maybe that happened with parents. Maybe that happened with, um, with someone else, a friend or, or, or a sibling. But it also has happened from churches. And I want to I be specific and pray for those people as well, that some of us have experienced within a church where we, there was some I would call it spiritual abuse, but if mm -hmm. that's too scary of a term, we can just call it's, it. It's, act, it's actually, it's true. Spiritual I, abuse. To, to say, you know what? We have, we have a square hole that needs to be filled. And I know you're a round peg, but we need the hole filled. So shove. Mm -hmm. There you go. It's not a good fit for you, I know. But thank you for being willing to serve. Yeah. A lot of us have experienced that. That is, at best wrong. 
at best, it's, it's wrong. It's not the Jesus way to do things. Yeah. Jesus says, my yoke fits you perfectly and my burden is light. That's what Jesus says. That's the word easy there means like to, to fit perfectly, to work c- correctly, to puzzle pieces, for example. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be round pegs and square holes. And yes, I realize sometimes the chairs just need to get set up and somebody's got to serve and somebody's got to set up chairs, even if you hate setting up chairs or whatever. I, we're not talking about that. We're talking about something more habitual or regular or, or that sort of thing. Maybe you have experienced that. Maybe you've experienced someone who just plowed you over to mm-hmm. get to their goal or to get the glory. And they got their glory. They got their goal. And you got nothing but a scar. Mm-hmm. I have, and I I know Paul could probably concur with this in my years of counseling. I've heard that story a lot. And it's very sad. It is such a sad story. And I, it makes me sad. It makes me a little bit angry. Me too. When I hear those stories that as a pastor, to hear that another pastor has acted this way towards someone. Or maybe it was less malignant than that. And it was just, they just didn't seem to care about my feelings as they went about what they needed to do. I, I wasn't important enough to rate their time or whatever it was. Um, and there's, there's some, you know, rejection there or some difficulty. And if we don't deal with those things, they grow. They don't go away. Time does not heal all wounds. Whoever said that died of their wounds young. <laughs> I don't know who said it, but they, they, they probably died of their wounds because you got to heal a wound. Time doesn't heal. Time can fester. Time makes bad things grow just as much as good things. And so we got to deal with that. Otherwise, it'll create what the Bible calls a root of bitterness. Mm-hmm. And we will become bitter. We'll become cynical. We'll be expecting evil. Whereas love doesn't rejoice with evil. It rejoices with the truth and keeps no record of wrongs and hopes all things. It expects good. It doesn't expect the other shoe to drop. Love doesn't expect somebody to do something terrible. And Paul and I, do you, do you want to pray, Paul, or do you want me to? Because I think there's a lot of people listening who've probably experienced this at the hands of an individual or at the hands of the church. And I want to pause here, our discussion, and pray. And I want to say to those people, you may be so sad or so mad that you're not sure if you can let it go, you can forgive them. Mm -hmm. Let me say to you that if you don't, you carry it the rest of your life. This is a chance to let that go and to receive healing in your heart. And you're, you're not letting that person off the hook. God can deal with that person, but you have to let it go so that God can heal your heart. Otherwise, like Nate says, it'll stay in there and it will clog the arteries. It will get worse, not better. And so uh, I'm just pleading with you. Uh, everybody who's heard it ha- has a story, has multiple stories. But maybe there are those where you haven't yet called out to God and said, God, that really hurt. That stunk. And I, I need to forgive that person and I need healing. So it's a two-step thing where you acknowledge that you were hurt 
and then you ask, it will we'll pray for you that you may be healed, but you need to say in your heart that uh, I forgive that person, and then we'll pray for you. So Nate, you lead. I will. I'm going to quickly share one of my own experiences with this. Um, I was at a church for a fairly short period of time. I was on the worship team, and it was a pretty small church. They had a great vision, and the pastor was a big vision guy. He had a great vision, but at least in my experience, my experience was he didn't really care for people. He only cared about the vision. And the, again, the vision was good. But he ran over folks mm. on his way to try to do God's work. And I felt at minimum unappreciated and overlooked and unseen. But really more than that, I felt used. I felt used. Um, and so I left. And... I didn't leave bitterly or anything, but I was like, this is kind of a toxic environment. I don't think it's good for me to stay here. I was there because I wanted to support the vision because I really liked it. I believed in it. It was good. And it involved revival, which I've always been into, right? But uh, it was bad. And, and so I left. And, and because I didn't leave with anger in my heart, I didn't deal with it. I just forgot about it. And it wasn't until actually years later that God brought that wound it was a, maybe a dull wound but it was a bruise or something right and and he brought that back to my mind and he's like have you ever forgiven this mm. and i thought to myself well no i, I didn't really take offense I, I don't think there's anything to forgive and the holy spirit i kind of felt the holy spirit like tapping his foot mm. <laughs> like oh really why do you think i brought it up am i just spitballing here or am i the holy spirit i'm like okay and so I forgave it and, and, and I felt something. Sure. I felt something um, as I forgave and as I blessed them and blessed that pastor. Um, and so I encourage all of you, if you've experienced anything, um, please pray with us. Please let it go. It's worth it. Even if you don't feel like, oh, that's not that big of a deal, let it go. Because even if it's not big enough to warrant you seeing a wound, you can have something internal that you can't see that can kill you. Um, and so a small blockage in an artery causes big problems. And so I encourage you to forgive, to deal with it, to pray about it, and ask the Holy Spirit to bring these things to your mind so that you can pray about them all and clean them all out. That's a good thing to do regularly, actually. So Paul, do you want to lead us sure. in prayer? And I'm going to be praying with you. So two things then, we're going to release the other person, and then we're going to pray for you that uh, you can experience healing. And so, Father, would you give grace now? Give grace to our friends who have been hurt. Give, give them your supernatural grace to be able to say, I forgive. Just like Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That person probably didn't know how, how much he was hurting you. And so you're going to forgive them so that you can be healed. So just say the words, Father, I forgive and for what they did say it 
Father, I forgive mm -hmm. this person. And now, Father, thank you that you are reaching into this friend's heart, this person listening to this podcast and realizing that he, she needs healing. Reach in with your deep heart of compassion. And I know that you are removing that feeling of resentment. You're removing that feeling of hostility, that anger that, is, that has turned into mold and has uh, created issues in their heart. We, we see that leaving now in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we see it leaving. It's going. That spirit of rejection is going. That spirit of anger, we say, leave, leave in Jesus' name. Any residue left there, we say, out. And now, in its place, we invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill that empty space. Holy Spirit, come. You just say that as well. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill our friend, our friends. Come and fill them. Empower them. Thank you that they were able to forgive this person or these people that held them captive by their own unforgiveness. Thank you that they let it go. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you took away that garbage. You took it to the dump, but it's gone. It is gone. And now you are filling and empowering them. And from their own experience, they are going to be stronger. That not only are you overcoming evil with good, but you're using it. That you're using that very trauma, that very difficulty to strengthen them so that they will show kindness to people in the same kind of way that they needed kindness shown to them. Thank you that you are making them more kind, more understanding, more able to reach out to others, more equipped to even heal people that were hurt like they were. And we give thanks through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul, for that. Is there anything else you're sensing or feeling that you want to add this week? Mm. I guess I would just say, you know, if, if this is the first time you've dealt with the particular situation that you might have just prayed for, um, it takes a little time and you may find yourself wanting to pray this prayer 
a few more times. And that's okay. That doesn't indicate a lack of faith because you didn't feel better the very first time. Especially if it's an older wound or a deeper wound, um, it, it takes a little time to give it up to the point where you no longer feel any animosity or any anger and that you're actually willing to pray for that person, that God would bless them. Mm -hmm. God would bless that church. Um, it can take a little time of actively doing it, but this is not something that God comes in and supernaturally fixes for you without you doing it. You need to forgive. You need to let go. You need to ask God for healing. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit is right there to do the work. But he doesn't just slam you and get rid of that animosity and anger and hatred or bitterness or anger or whatever it is. That's just not how it works. We have to be the ones to engage our own free will to say, I want, I want to get rid of this or I want healing from this or whatever the situation is. So I encourage you to be diligent about walking into your forgiveness and walking into your healing. Um, and it can take a little bit of time and that's okay. And if this is a deep issue for you, like I know people who have been severely hurt by churches in the past, you know, they talk about their past church with tears or with gritted teeth, or they tell you, this is why I'm never going to step foot in a church again, because this happened to me. And the, I actually said last year to someone who said that exact thing, I'm like, well, we meet in the basement of a house, so you can step in in there anytime. Um, and he laughed. But if it's something big like that, I really encourage you to talk to somebody about it. You know, feel free to email us for sure. And if, if uh, let me say, if you email us and you describe your situation and it relates to something I've written on, I would be glad to send you what I have written on how healing can come. For instance, I have one uh, healing from a father wound. If it was a parent that did it, I would send that to you. And if it's getting through a stronghold, I've got some stuff on stronghold. So uh, feel free to share what you're being healed of, what you want to be healed of, and we'll provide materials for you. Uh, send, uh, I need your email. That would be the best way to send it to you. Great. And if you want to send us something, but you don't want it to be talked about on air, you can do that. You can just say, hey, I just want you guys to pray about this, or I'd just like some more information about this topic. We're happy to respond to that. Um, and we're happy to talk to you. That's, that's why we're here. Uh, that's why we do what we do. And so please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, questions at tcwkcast.com. And I encourage you to do that. And if you have, if this is a deeper thing, you know, an older thing, a bigger thing, I do encourage you to reach out to somebody. Maybe it's a Christian friend, or maybe it's a small group leader, or maybe it's a pastor or somebody like that. But um, I encourage you to reach out, to share it, to talk it through so that someone can walk through this with you. The Holy Spirit is walking through it with you. Absolutely. But we are meant to do these kinds of things together. We're meant to do it in community. We're meant to be relational. That is the topic, after all, of this, of this series. And that is true for you when you're the one who's hurting as well. 
you need to reach out. The Bible is clear. Bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. And sometimes you're the one with the burden and you maybe feel self-conscious. I don't want someone else to have to deal with my problem, blah, 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 blah. Nope. If you want, if you want to be able to help them, then you need to be willing to humble yourself and ask for help and to bring it to someone and say, I could really use someone just to listen and maybe to pray for me or whatever the situation is. But I really encourage you to do that. Reach out to somebody um, who knows the Lord. Yeah. Um, reach out to someone who can help walk through the healing and forgiving process with you. Uh, because sometimes when pain is very loud and digging up old wounds causes pain. That's why most of us try to leave them alone and not deal with our old wounds. When you reopen an old wound, it's painful every single time but you have to move through that pain. You have to do it because on the other side of the pain is the healing. And it's really helpful to have somebody else walk through that with you because sometimes we can't see it clearly ourselves because pain is very loud. It's really loud up here when you're going through pain. And so having someone else to walk through it with you, they can be like, no, no, you're not, you're not seeing real clearly right now. Let's just, let's just walk this way. It's okay. Um, it's very helpful to have somebody to help us with that. I have had that multiple times in my life. Um, I call my best friend whenever I'm feeling like I need some of that kind of help and, and he helps guide me through. And I know Paul has that, um, in his best friend as well. And, and I encourage you to, to find that in somebody. Excellent. So we're going to come back next week and continue talking about relational Christianity and how to live it and how to maybe in some cases be healed or freed from the negative effects of people who haven't done that well. And so we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, everybody. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.